Matthew, uh, welcome. Welcome to the Stickman Knowledge Series. Thank you for making time. Uh, we tried to do this. Uh, <laughs> we tried to do this face to face, but this is the closest we can come. But next time you come to Sydney, we'll definitely organize one more face to face. It was lovely to meet you last time too when you were in Sydney. So, so thank you for making it. So the purpose of this is to share knowledge, right, uh, with our audience about uh, different businesses, different execs, different. Uh, people with different skill sets and background, and your background is unique since we spoke last time. I thought that would be great for our audience to hear what you do for Agilix and how how it makes a difference. And then we'll also touch upon, you know, the cybersecurity elements uh, of Agilix and how how that is important for you and your businesses and your customers and how we've been helping you. So without further ado, I will hand over the mic to you to do a quick introduction about yourself and uh, your role at Agilex and a little bit about Agilex itself. Please. Sure. Thank you. Um, so I'm Matthew Pritchard. I'm the Vice President of um, Asia Pacific and Global Operations for Agilex Group. So we're a multinational IT services and hosting company, and we sell, implement, maintain, host, and support enterprise resource planning systems or ERP, along with HR and payroll systems. We also do some customization and development internally, and so we'll be launching a, a new app on the Salesforce App Exchange, which uh, I'll leave it to the marketing department to share details about. Um, so I've been with Agilix uh, nearly eight years, and I, and I was also part of the team that helped our international expansion into North America, Southeast Asia, Europe, and along with South Africa. And I'm also one of our company directors for here in New Zealand. And uh, so my role covers a lot of our, I guess you could call back office, um, back office things such as finance, um, uh, sorry, corporate affairs, regulatory compliance, um, risk management, and, and so forth. Wonderful, wonderful. So which countries does Agilix currently operate in? Gosh, our CEO actually asked me for the list this morning <laughs> to make sure he had the latest list. Um, so we've got, we either have offices, staff, or customers in Australia, New Zealand, the Cook Islands, Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, India, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Canada, United States, South Africa, and we've actually just established a, a new company in Germany uh, to bring our services to continental Europe. Wonderful. That's so exciting. Really good. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> We've been in a period of rapid growth um, since 2017 when we first uh, left uh, Trans-Tasman or Australia New Zealand and went into North America. <laughs> Wonderful. So is it mainly acquisitions or organic growth? Like you go into a country, you set up the business there, and then you start from scratch, or how is it? Yeah, so in some of the countries, it is an acquisition uh, where a company then joins the agility group. Um, uh, in some countries, it's um, sort of like a joint venture where we'll go in with them um, uh, a local expert who knows the, the local market and, and has customers um, and they partner with us to get access to, you know, our global reach and scope. Um, and in some countries, it is organic growth um, um, straight from out from Australia and into those new regions. Wonderful, wonderful. And so what? I mean, also with um, the advent of remote working um, and also the global tech talent shortage, uh, we've, we've been hiring staff in, in many different countries where we actually don't have an office, um, which also expands our, our offering and also the time zones that we can offer support to customers up as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
what a what a great story. You know, thank you, thank you for sharing. So, would you like to share a little bit about what kind of solution? So, obviously ERP, but uh, you know, uh, if you are allowed to share, you know, what what are those solutions? And also, I I hear that you're doing a lot of integration with other tools such as HR and payroll and people management. So, can you throw some light on that? So, I, I had a joke with um one of the team uh, recently, and I said. Well, our development team could integrate everything, anything. They could probably make the fridge talk to the microwave. <laughs> and actually, there, there is a YouTube video floating around here. One of our former developers actually did integrate an ERP system with a coffee machine. So when you completed the workflow, it would actually make you coffee. So that that was awesome seeing that. <laughs> um, so our main ERP so, um, solutions that we offer is the Unit 4 um, ERP system. Um, so we actually have some banks, national governments, uh, very large enterprises that that use the system um, and it can do everything from your general ledger to electronic invoicing to reporting and it integrates um, fantastically with we can make it integrate with anything mm. um, and we also host that on an azure data center in the australian eastern region um, uh, to be able to provide a, a true SaaS offering for a, a number of our customers mm. so our customers certainly love it, been able to take, you know, the server administration and maintenance and, and all the security aspects and uh, manage that for them as a managed solution. Um, our other flagship PRP system is Financial Force, is Financial Force, um, which is obviously on the on the on the salesforce.com platform. Um, so that's something that we went, uh, we started doing, I think actually back in about 2017. Um, yeah. So we've got customers um, around the world. And we've been expanding that um, market quite a lot in North America and also in the United Kingdom. Got it. Got it. No, this is beautiful. This is absolutely fantastic. So, so tell me, Matthew, where does cybersecurity fit in your role and in the business? Uh, Spill into that a little bit. Um, a, a flashing red light on top of my computer screen, just constantly going. This is the most important thing we've got to do. <laughs> Uh, not quite, not quite. But that's um, cybersecurity is absolutely uh, you can't you can't overstate how important it is to the business. Um, our information security statement uh, actually says that you know we operate at the intersection of commerce and technology, and our customers must be able to have one hundred percent confidence in the solutions that we offer them. Um, so that's where we've partnered with uh, with Stick and Cyber uh, for many years now. Uh, as part of our journey going into ISO 27001 and also as as mentioned moving beyond just getting the certification but actually making sure that we've got best practice right throughout the business right from our cloud engineering team right um, even through to corporate finance mm. so it's absolutely important because you know it's not just our customers but it's also our own staff and the personal information and data that we hold on them along with people who engage with us such as um you know, what our global marketing team picks up, uh, right through, of course, to our, our shareholders and regulatory entities that want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Wonderful. So, so in terms of cyber, you know, there's a lot of talk in the market in terms of customers asking you, you know, different kind of information, right? So what's been your, your experience in, you know, obviously you're ISO 27001 certified. Right? We'll talk about that journey in, in a second. I think our audience, there are a lot of people who want to know what the journey looks like. Right? But before we touch upon that, uh, we have seen a significant increase in, in, in companies, larger companies who engage service providers like yourself and us. 
asking us to complete questionnaires before an engagement is even come to come to any ink on paper, right? So, so have you seen an increase in this? Uh, yeah, security um, questionnaires. Absolutely. So I've seen a real increase. Uh, I guess you could call it maturity from customers and potential customers from uh, when when I joined. You know, back in in twenty fifteen. Uh, you could say, well, I said 27,001, and that basically uh, uh, answered their six feet of six foot long questionnaires. Now, now it's, um, well, if you want to talk to us, you've got to be ISO 27,001 certified, and then you hand over the certificate, and then they go, great. Now, now we're allowed to just talk with you. Here's our giant questionnaire. And I, I don't think that is a surprise. I, I don't, I don't think that's surprising. Although I must admit, I, when we started getting things, I was a bit frustrated going, you know, we've, we've done ISO 27001. Um, why, why do we need to do this? But um, I think ISO 27001 is now just green fees. That's that's just your entry ticket to get in the door to talk to people. Um, and, and I'm not surprised. I mean, you, you go through these questionnaires and you can tell that people are very concerned around data protection. Um, that that sent and also I mean we don't handle credit cards so we don't need to go through that process but uh, especially with the European Union's um, GDPR and now there's UK GDPR because of Brexit along with um, the Australian Privacy Act also uh, strength, being strengthened and even closer to home to me here in New Zealand uh, with the New Zealand Privacy Act um, organisations are absolutely obsessive and rightly so about ensuring that the data that they trust us with is going to be kept secure and they want to know not just your your word that you'll keep it secure but they want proof of how you'll keep that secure perfect perfect so when we started with your business i recollect you were already p6 sorry iso 27001 certified but you ran most of it in-house all right with that yeah and there are some portions which you outsourced right so so were you part of the journey when the company became ISO 27001 on that process? Yes, or? yes. Um, I went with our very first information security manager. That was, um, the, you know, our first full-time one um, to help work on that, on, on that project and, and bring it into New Zealand mm -hmm. um, back when we were just in Australia and New Zealand. So yes, I was, I was right there from the start of the journey uh, to I'm on the information security steering committee, which is our, our governance level um, board. Uh, for information. So how was that initial journey, the initial journey to get to ISO 27001 and how long did that take? Um, off the top of my head, I think we did it in under 12 months. <clears throat> I need to uh, check, check records on that one. But what was fantastic was that everyone from the CEO right to every single staff member understood that it was important. So I think there are possibly other organizations where you've got to sell it to your people. What was great yeah. that at Agilix, everyone just instantly got that this is what we need to do. So people were interested and engaged um, with, with the process. Um, uh, it's it's not actually too hard to make sure that everyone's done their information security training, which is <laughs> always something that needs chasing up. Um, but people believed in it and why we were doing it. So um, I, I know that the IT department, there was a very much a, a rapid maturation of our technical controls and security, um, for example, standard operating environments and locking down laptops. And that had some frustrations, but what was great was that the IT team worked very hard 
to to resolve the issues that users were having with lockdown laptops to talk about a particular example and that's how we um, it actually launched a number of our uh, number of innovations such as the company portal provided by microsoft in chain for people to self-install apps that have been approved by it so there has actually been a lot of um positive uh, spin-offs from from going through the process um, to improve our business efficiency so I remember we were initially helping you with penetration testing services, and then we moved into security operations center, the whole 24 by 7 surveillance, and then finally moved to a complete outsource cybersecurity as a service. So tell us a little bit about that journey, you know, how that transformation occurred, you know, what were the triggers for you to, you know, take it from hybrid to a complete outsource model? Sure, sure. So I, I can't talk too much about the um, journey into the security operations center, but I have to say they are definitely a, a 24-7 team. I've had the phone call from them at 4 a.m. as they've gone down the escalation parts. So, um, and that was 4 a.m. New Zealand, so 2 a.m. Australian Eastern time um, with a call saying that there was something going on. <laughs> Unfortunately, it turned out to be a, a false positive, but uh, so I know that they're there diligently monitoring everything all the time. Um, I was part of the um, discussion on when our um, last internal information security manager left and will we go replace that um, and, you know, go out to the market and hire someone or whether we'll go and take Stickman Cyber's offering. And um, I, I was certainly very happy that we we did partner with, with Stickman Cyber on that one and, and outsource it to experts um, who um, I've actually had, uh, they work so well with our team and are really integrated into our business that I actually had someone ask, oh, are they, um, that, are they employees? Um, because they just work so well with their team and talk to us on, on our systems and channels and, and platforms that are, I, I don't think most people in the company would actually realize that they are outsourced. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, a global endorsement of the work they do. Um, you get a lot of that from other clients too. Like they get fantastic. six months later into an engagement, people like, oh, we didn't know you were not part of the actually like a full-time employee would rob stick man like that. But that's a, that's a good, very good testament. Thank you. Well, we should have had them um, come to the, um, oh, it's a bit of a miss, but we should have had them come to the, uh, to the Christmas party. Um, that's probably what people might realize. But um, uh, uh, there are a number of reasons why we, we outsourced those those roles. And I struggle even actually to say outsource because of how well it's gone. Um, the one is, I mean, it is to get top talent, which of course, that's what we want with information security. Um, it's very, very expensive. Um, the global tech talent shortage um, certainly drove up um, salaries in, in the IT sector um, overall. So the other part of why it's been so good is because you're getting people who live, breathe, and operate in that world. They see trends across different organizations, different sectors. And so we can actually get that, well, what, what are the, what's the best in the market? What are they doing? And uh, and we can get those best practice learnings applied to our organisation, and, and I, I hope we're sharing some. But um, <laughs> um yeah, but having having people that are um can you know network with other information security people who aren't you know just sort of stuck in house, you know not getting exposed to call, um to other people in the industry. I think getting that that collective knowledge is really important. And and I think it's it well I know it's added incredible value to our information security system. Sure, sure. So so um, 
I know that we've gone through two sets of audits with, with your company, uh, and we've been with you for five years. And I think in the five years, probably more than five now, but last two years has been this complete outsource model where we are playing the role of the internal chief security officer for your business or information security officer for your business, and also working with a third party outsourced auditor who's doing the audit. So could you share a little bit of that journey of how that audit experience has been, you know, well, any, any improvement? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's, um, um, we have our uh, routine surveillance audit next week. And as you can see, I, I am looking pretty calm and I've got time to do a video interview with you. That's that's how well it's gone down. <laughs> so um, when we were first doing these surveillance audits, um, you know, six weeks, eight weeks out from the audit, I would have been full-time um, uh, reviewing the internal audit findings, going through a uh, number of remediation activities or uh, checking on things or uh, hammering out training or getting a stack of documentation done. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that I, I think a lot of organizations would probably have that at the start of the, of the certification system. Um, but now, you know, we're working with Statman, our, our information security culture, systems, processes, attitudes has matured to such a level that, you know, it's, I've got the order next week and I'm totally fine on how, how that's going to go. So it is, it is a case of having that institutional knowledge and, you know, you, you go through your internal audits and your external audits and you build up that organizational uh, uh, knowledge on, on how to go through those things. Um, but uh, again, I'm, uh, it's, it's been fantastic. Uh, sure. So for companies who are starting their journey, right, how, how big is Agenix now in terms of account rough numbers? Um, so we've got about 120 staff operating in 13 different countries. Correct. So so we get a lot of requests from companies who are either startup, scale-up, or mature businesses like you who haven't done this before, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as a conclusion to this whole journey and your experience, could you share, you know, uh, iconic nuggets of wisdom, right? You know, after having, you know, <laughs> And, oh, and, you know, broken some bones and, you know, had some sleepless nights and stuff. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I was out late, quite late in some of those first audits, yes. Uh, so could you share, you know, in, as an as a industry expert of working in that environment to get the business to fully ready and certified, what would you, what would be your giveaway to, to someone looking at starting their journey in ISO? And everything cyber, not just ISO, but everything cyber. And then cyber, start from day one. So right from day one, you know, I mean, silly things like make sure you've got passwords on your phones and laptops, like absolute basic stuff. You want um, information security, cyber security to build, be built into your organization from day one. It is a lot easier to grow your company. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to do it at the start and then as the company grows, you've already got that culture and every single employee contractor relationship. Um, and as you grow, as opposed to going through the rapid growth and then having to implement change. I mean, it's a lot harder when you're a lot bigger. So definitely want to do that as, as early as possible. And I, I like to say we were doing ISO 27001 before it was fashionable to do so. <laughs> 
Um, so that's so the kind of a luxury in those days to do a ministry, but now, now it's and like a necessity. Yeah, I mean, we've invested over a million dollars over, over the time in cybersecurity and not just ISO-related activities. So um, I'm, I'm really proud that we've done that. The other one I would say is don't do it alone. You definitely want to partner with uh, an organization that's done it before, such as, and absolutely don't recommend Stickman. <laughs> so you definitely do want to partner with someone to guide you through it. Um, yeah. They they know what the different orders are like. They know what they're going to be looking for. But it's not just, you know, teach to the test of getting your certification. It's they can spot with their experience, they can spot, you know, gaps or holes or something in other areas of your business um, that you might not have been thought of or might not come up during an, an ISO audit. So if you're going to, um, and if you're doing cybersecurity programs, you know, you do it because they're good to do and very important to do, not just to get the ISO certificate. Um, the other thing I will also say is some organizations will scope out areas of their business from compliance programs or, um, you know, they might say uh, customers are only interested in our cloud hosting, not anything else. I say you want to be all in. You want everyone in your organization to be part of the program. So I would recommend against um, trying to limit the scope of your of your systems. And that's a very important and a very powerful point because it's like, you know, I, I, I'll work out only my right arm and not my left arm. It's literally that, right? You know, I'll keep my right arm strong, but I'll leave my left arm to be vulnerable, right? So businesses are integrated today. Everything is moving to the cloud, some are hybrid. And I've seen this happen with many businesses. You know, we just, we do ISO compliance only for that part of that, that floor of that building in that room. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're doing a disservice to the business. Yeah, there could be a real reasoning behind it. I get that. Especially very large businesses find it difficult and that, that there could be a reason to, to, to quarantine the rest of the business, which has got nothing to do with that part of the business. Like it's, it has to be a true business unit in its own right to have that justification. But if it's a small to medium enterprise, you know, under 500 or 1,000 headcount people doing the same service across the business, there's no point quarantining things, right? It's better to oh, do it across the Yeah, I mean, you might have these um, paper-based sort of borders where the information security program starts and ends, but you know, people are going to be emailing each other data, you know, on your internal systems or using instant messaging services between, or even just holding the bit of paper and walking to the other office. So it's, yeah, absolutely. You want to be all in because you also want to be able to tell your customers and your other stakeholders, regulatory um, bodies, and also insurers that you're all in on cybersecurity. Got it. Got it. Very cool. So that's an important point I, I forgot to ask you, you know. Tell me the insurance experience of cyber insurance, right? That was something we discussed, which caught my attention last time. So, so tell me the before and after effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So our, our cyber, um, uh, I had a meeting. Um, so I mean, Agilex requires quite high limits of professional indemnity, public liability, and also cyber insurance. <clears throat> and I've seen the cyber insurance product mature quite rapidly. Uh, again, from 2015, when um, I took over the risk management portfolio and, and look at what insurers want. Um, the level of detail that insurers require, especially if you do operate a data center or if you're in an area where insurers are quite worried about systemic, uh, systemic risk, such as payroll, 
for example, if our payroll goes down, it takes it out for multiple organizations who might all have the same insurer. Um, so I have noticed, um, yeah, the, the insurers, some those due diligence questionnaires are longer than some of the customers. They want to know absolutely every bit of data. What is quite pleasing is that they don't just take a, a yes, no approach to a lot of those questions. I mean, there's some absolute minimums. Do you have multi-factor authentication to your core systems? I mean, that's an yeah. absolute minimum. But there, there is, um, you know, insurers, you know, who do have the cyber experts on on their team, they do know that you can have compensating controls or other ways to to protect data. Um, but uh, on our most recent renewal, I actually went to Auckland and met with our senior underwriter uh, for our insurer, and, and I was going through our annual presentation, going through what we're doing to monitor, manage, and reduce risk. And of course, cybersecurity was probably about three quarters of the conversation. It's what the insurer was very, very interested about. And what was fantastic is that uh, there was a section and he rapid fired with uh, rapid, yeah, rapid fired me a, a number of security questions. And it was fantastic that I had all the right answers and was able to immediately uh, provide those answers to him. And that provided him with significant confidence um, in, in our cybersecurity measures and, and, and our risk profile that he, he was actually able to offer me some very, very, very good renewal terms. Um, I wish I could tell you what they are, but um, <laughs> I, I was very pleased and they were much below market expectations for, for rate, rate increases. So, and I, um, talking with our brokers afterwards, who, who also helped arrange this, um, 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 held an insurance, um, they said that meeting went fantastic. And the fact that I had all the information and data points about cybersecurity was a great relief to, to the underwriter. No, we have seen, we have heard that with many of our customers who say after the engagement, when we have put all the systems, controls, policy procedures in place, and when they reapply for cyber insurance or the renewal, they have had much, much more significantly favorable terms in premiums compared to the previous yep. year. And I'd rather just do that. I'd rather be spending money on prevention rather than, um, you know, cure, the cure at the, at the end, the ambulance at the bottom of, of insurance. You know, I, I don't view insurance as, as, you know, it's our very last risk mitigation or risk treatment, really. Um, when filing an insurance claim, we're not having a great time. <laughs> so I'd absolutely rather be spending the money on, on you know, prevention um, with our information security portfolio. No, wonderful, wonderful. I, I think um, I, I've just heard, I've just discovered a new skill in you. Apart from being a PhD in sense of humor, you got a PhD in negotiation skills to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I up that LinkedIn post. I, I, I had a few colleagues ask me about this uh, PhD. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thoroughly enjoyed our last meeting. You, yeah. Uh, as a as a human being, you you're so much of energy, full of uh, full of bubbling with energy, and you know that's how I am. You know, I'm just out there. You know, I don't think about what others think about me and stuff. So it's it's an absolute pleasure to have met you, and also you know you taking time to come uh, come uh, give us a little bit of testimony and also share about Hedgelix growth and what you guys do. So so Matthew, thank you so much for making time. Um, thank you. I really appreciate, really appreciate everything you've done for us and had our partnership. And I wish you all the best. Thanks. 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 <laughs>